You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest, and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member of FDIC. Well, welcome to Sunday Coffee. Happy Easter. I'm Bart Gregory along with Charlie Winfield. Charlie, a lot of positives this morning. Got Easter Sunday today. Got the final round of the Masters. Got a Sunday off from baseball. And, man, we won two out of three. And his meatloaf reminds us, two out of three ain't, ain't bad. bad. <laughs> oh, it's good. You actually have the conclusion of the third round at the Masters, too. You do. But the leaders are, like, only on the seventh hole now? I think so. And so what that leads to is after church today, go have a good meal. Worthless. And just sit on the couch or in your big chair, turn on the Masters. And dare anybody to make noise. Oh. And so then you fall asleep for about an hour. And then you wake up, and the leaders are on, like, 15 or so. Yeah. And it's just a perfect afternoon. And, of course, you feel a lot better about what happened this past weekend. Is it more joy or is it more relief of what you feel after winning two out of three? It's a little of both. But couldn't you see, just in Chris Lamonis after the game yesterday, couldn't you see it in some of the players? It was just kind of like – it was almost like in their minds they thought they just had to have a breakthrough. That's what I'm getting at is it felt like after the game yesterday there was just as much relief as there was enjoyment. And, man, I tell you what, Charlie, and there's so many things you want to talk about with this weekend. And let's not get ahead of ourselves. We're not ready to, you know, book the hotel rooms for Omaha. Not quite yet. But there are some uh, there are some positives going into next week. And we talked about this in our Tracks Plus Deep Dig. By the way, we're in the Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Starkville. Farm Bureau will go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. And this is Sunday Coffee brought to you by our friends at Strange Brew Coffee House. Strange Brew Coffee House now with four locations, two here in Starville, Spring Street, Highway 12. That's the original. they got Churn and Spoon ice cream there as well. On University Drive, then in Tupelo at Brupolo, and now in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Charlie and I had it's a little darker mood at the Tuscaloosa Strange Brew today. It sure is. Or, or do they really even care? Well, yeah, in fairness. That, that, I don't think they really care. There are several people in town. Who are bothered. <laughs> <laughs> now, we had to make our strange brew this morning. They're closed today with it being the Easter weekend and Easter holiday today. And so I made my coffee, and Charlie made his. It's a little bit different. We had the uh, had both the packs up here at the uh, Farm Bureau Studios. All right, Charlie, we talked about this on our Tracks Plus Deep Dig the other day about how going into this weekend – you felt like if you could play well this weekend, you had Ole Miss coming in next weekend, then you play Auburn. It's almost like this is the part of the schedule. You talk about that third round of the Masters, that's moving day on Saturday. This month is kind of moving month if you want to make a move to get back in the race in the SEC. Yeah, it was a good start. It was a good start going over to Alabama and getting these wins. I think you're right. You don't want to overstate it, but – there's so many good things, I think, that we can now start to see. If you're looking for hope, Bart, I think I can sell you some, okay? First is, for half an inning, 
for one half of every inning, we're a pretty good baseball team. I can go with that. But the other half of the inning, the glass half empty part of the inning. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> we're considerably better when we have the bat than we do not. But, um, hey, that's one of the things I think. Let's let's break this down a minute. I want to talk. I want to let's skip over a few people. I want to go to a concept to start us off, Bart. And that is this. If you get upset about being 10 run ruled in a weekend series, you need to readjust, recalibrate your expectations and your approach. The best thing that happened to us was that we didn't lose 8 to 7 in the middle game. It's that we just went ahead and got run ruled. I'm there with you. South Carolina did the same thing last weekend here in game two of that series. They realized they were down four or five runs in the middle inning. You know what? We're about to play. We're about to pitch some guys down the order that just need some work. And I agree with you, Charlie. And uh, you look around the league, and you kind of ask yourself this question when they came up with a 10-run rule in baseball. And you and I talked about this before the season started, about how now you may coach it a little bit differently. And, yeah, I do know the reason you lose that game early on is because you had the 12 walks, and, yes, you did hit a batter, and you had difficulties early on. The, the thing is you don't want to get in the situation. But once you get to the fifth inning of game two of a series and you're down five to nothing, and I, I, I know this is a, a – We were down eight to one after five. Right, and so I know this is a hard concept for a lot of people to kind of grasp, but, but – at that situation, you've got a better chance of holding everything you've got till the next day. You've got a better chance to win the next day than you do of coming back seven runs down. Yes, I think of football. Uh, nobody likes to punt, but now and then it's a winning play to punt the football and put your defense back out there, and you've you got to give up the ball. All right, The 10-run rule now, and to some degree, is just punting on that game, and as distasteful as it may be, it works. We, we Look, what if you had blown, all right, so go back to this, this idea. Instead of a losing, losing that ball game 11-1, to 1, what if you had run Dome out there down, say, 3-1 to 1, and you lose? Then what do you have yesterday? You know, we needed to get Bradley Lofton some work, and we got it. And we needed to get, you know, Brock Tapper, Forsyth. I mean, you did not need to roll Nate Dome out there. You needed to save him. And so the best thing sometimes you can do is just get the car in the garage and crank it up again the next day. Yeah, and, you know, sports, sometimes you get so caught up. And, yeah, hey, we, we have been run-ruled a lot this year. More than anybody would like, especially more than me. And, of course, you're emotional a lot of times when you lose that 10-run game. And we've lost some big games this year. But – when you start looking at RPI, when you start looking at postseason play and what gets you into postseason play, and I know a lot of people are sitting there going, we got a long way to go before we start talking about postseason play. Yes. But our, our, but our RPI this morning, you're 3-9 and nine in the SEC and your RPI is 29. So everybody, you kind of get this thought in your mind of you've been beaten down so much you got no chance. Your RPI is in decent shape right now. and still, I know the argument is right now, is it still too early for RPI? Hey, you know, you're four weekends deep. You're 40% of the way through SEC play. And our RPI this morning is 29. And so you still do have a lot to play for. Is this season a complete loss? No, absolutely not. 
I mean, you wake up today, you're three and nine in the league, but you're not in last place anymore. You're not in next to last place anymore. I just think going on the road and winning at Alabama, is Alabama as good as, as Alabama thought they were a month ago? No. We all knew that what Alabama had, but it's a start. Yeah, that's what it is. It's a start. And now you ha- you give yourself a chance. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but hey, what if you swept next weekend? What if you took two out of three next weekend? You you start inching your way back and getting deeper into the schedule against some teams. Now, look, we still got some good teams out there, but hey, look around the league right now. That's the other thing that I don't think a lot of people really calibrate for is how much parity there is in, in the SEC right now. Look at the league records right now. Tennessee, five and seven in the league. Florida, who I mean, that's a really good team, nine and three. I mean, you so you look look at the top of the leagues right now. Vanderbilt's really good. South Carolina's really good. Does anybody believe Kentucky is gonna hold up? I don't. And there is the knock about the RPI. Kentucky right now is the number one RPI team in the country. That's why you really can't subscribe to the all RPI rule right now. But come to our side of the league for a minute. Let's look at the SEC West. Arkansas is leading the West at eight and four. LSU is lucky to be seven and four. A and M is in third at five and seven. They're two games ahead of us. Alabama Auburn tied at fourth, one game ahead of us. So you you start to look at working your way out of the cellar in the West. You're one game out of fourth. You're two games out of third. I mean, let it let it play out. Charlie, you look back to this weekend and you start thinking about winning two out of three in a series. And I think it all started on you know, Thursday. Three innings from Cade Smith, and Cade was okay. Gave up three runs, four hits, struck out three, didn't walk anybody. And then Colby Holcomb comes in and, and gives you three innings as well. Casey Hunt gives you the final three innings. All right, Colby Holcomb, he's improving. I want to flag a few things as we go forward. I'm not going to get you off topic here, Bart, but Colby Holcomb's getting better. I think we've got several guys right now that are getting better. And it's not just, you know, Holcomb, Smith giving you three innings. I mean, when you start adding innings over a weekend, just the ability to get three innings from Cade Smith. I mean, that guy's been hurt. He's been on the shelf. That's three innings you ain't got to get from somebody else. But you look up and down this lineup, and – there's this thought process out there that nobody's getting better. Now, uh, uh, talk about the hitters. Well, that's what I was about to say. We got a few guys in the lineup that are better. All right, let me just, and you and I haven't talked this through. You may think I'm way off base. You know who I think has improved as much as anybody on this team offensively? Year over year. Okay, obviously, within the season, Ross Highfield's gotten significantly better at the plate, and behind it. Would you agree with that? Oh, no pass balls this weekend. What's been the knock about Ross? And we we have said this from the mountaintops. Hey, anytime you have a freshman behind the plate, there is an acclimation period. It's going to happen. It's different trying to block that stuff up, man. Because you're seeing so many different guys, so many different variety of pitches. You don't see sliders like that in high school. No, you don't. And you don't see movement like that with fastballs sometimes. But we said, hey, if, if you can just be patient, because a lot of folks were sitting there, cause, hey, you can't play Ross Highfield. And because you're giving up so many free bases with pass balls and wild pitches. This weekend, we didn't have a single pass ball. Well, we had three wild pitches this weekend. Yeah. 
but you didn't have a pass ball. You didn't have a gimme this past weekend. All right, so Highfield's getting better within the year. Yes. Dakota Jordan getting better within the year. Oh, man. All right, now let's talk year over year. And this is what I was going to say. You may tell me I'm crazy. I think you could make a compelling argument that Kellum Clark is our most improved hitter. Oh, by far. Well, I say by far. You know, Hancock, when you start looking year over year, okay, and it's funny you say that. I pulled up last year's stats. Kellum Clark last year hit 257, 14 home runs. He had an on-base percentage of 369. Right now, Kellum is batting 298 with nine home runs and an on-base percentage of 398. So that's a good tick. But here's the one that stuck out to, stuck out to me. Luke Hancock last year hit 279. Hancock right now is batting 320. Luke Hancock right now has 11 doubles. Last year, Luke Hancock for the entire season had nine doubles. Last year, Luke Hancock's on-base percentage was 406. Luke Hancock's on-base percentage right now is 490. Hunter Hines. So we're talking about Hunter. I mean, you're talking about a number of guys because Kellum Clark's batting average is up over 40 points. Hancock up over 40 points. I know that Hunter Hines is. Hunter Hines is batting 346 right now. Last year. Didn't he hit an even 300 last year? An even 300 last year. He hit 16 home runs last season. Hunter Hines has 14 right now. When you start looking at on-base percentage, Hunter Hines 406 right now. Last year, Hunter Hines, 393. So right around the same as far as on-base percentage. But you're seeing that big jump, I think, in the average part of it, 300 to 346. So you do have some guys in your lineup that are getting better. Forsyth's batting 250 right now. He finished the year pretty good last year. He's down a little bit. He was 273 at the end of last year. So that being said, you do have some guys that are, are getting better at the plate. Dakota Jordan's now batting two, uh, 342. 342, a slugging percentage of 539, and an on-base percentage of 433. And so you're seeing some of these guys just mature right before your eyes. Highfield right now is batting 268. 268, if you asked this a month ago, man. So you've got guys that are getting better. And you hit Dakota Jordan cleanup last night. I mean, you talk about a guy kind of working his way back in. It's so easy to see young guys get frustrated when they're in and out of the lineup. You start him in center field, bat him third to open the year, had to take him out, and that was the right thing to do. It was the right thing to pull him out. It was also the right thing not to give up on him. And good heavens since he has come back. He, and he, look, he made a nice defensive play out and left too. Oh, an exceptional defensive play. You start looking at the game last night. Oh, I got to stop you. I got to stop you one sec. Because before we get off of Dakota Jordan, I thought my favorite swing of his, and look, obviously you like to see the home runs, the ball he powered into the gap for a double. You know, my favorite one was he got an off-speed pitch, stayed inside it, went the other way. Yes. And it was almost like he stopped his swing. I, I, it, just watching it live, the adjustment that he made on that pitch to send it the other way was it, it was unbelievable. Well, and there too is you go back to Kellum Clark and how Kellum last year was pulling off of everything. Everything Kellum was trying to yank. He's had some hits the other way. Last night, did you hear the post game with Chris Lavonis after the game when he was talking about late in his last at bat? 
he realized that Alabama had the shift on. You know, we had a one-run lead at the time, got a runner on base. Okay, hey, this is a, a big moment for us just to get some guys on base. And Kellum had decided he's going to bunt down the third base line because nobody's over there. Okay, we need, a, we need a base runner right now more than we need anything else. And so he's made his mind up he's going to bunt. And then the Alabama third baseman, who's pulled to the right of the second base back, goes back and plays his regular position. And Kellum's like, okay, I'm not going to bunt now. I'm going to swing away. And he hits a home run. But anyway, just to have the thought, he could say he came back to the dugout and he was laughing. And he was telling that story in the dugout. But just him telling the story of, I was about to bunt. You're like, my goodness. Some of these guys are, are just, like I said, they're growing up before our eyes right now. How many people, though, would have complained about the shift had he bunted it the other way? How many Alabama fans would have said, <laughs> see, the shift kills you? Boy, that's a time you'd love to give up a bunt single if you were doing it all over, wouldn't you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I thought after the first inning, and yeah, I mean, other than the play, Miss Lincoln, other than the first inning yesterday, we defended it pretty good. Forsyth had the easy error in the first inning. Amadi Larry had the tough error in the first inning as well. You end up giving up two runs in the first inning yesterday. Forsyth made a great play later in the game with two outs going up the middle. That was a great play. Dakota Jordan made that exceptional catch in the outfield and left field. So you defended it better now. Wait, wait. You're saying you defended it better on the weekend? I said that you defended or it better yesterday. after that first inning yesterday now i'm going to go back to the glass half empty let's see i was i was going to get there okay i just i was going to get I know there it's easter and all but it, it is easter but everybody likes to throw shots at the pitchers and let me tell you this they deserve a lot of it but they're having to throw so many extra pitches charlie i don't think i've seen a left side of the infield have the difficulties that we've had I mean, it's just it's got to be in their heads at this it, point, it doesn't is. it? And that's what I'm saying. First it's play, the old Yogi Berra, ninety percent half mental. When it's the leadoff guy in the bottom of the first inning, and you hit a ground ball to the shortstop, and it goes right through his legs, that tells me there is a lot of overthinking going on out of. And there's going to be somebody saying, "Well, we're not coaching. Well, that's coaching." How many times in a football game? Let's think back to our friend Osiris Mitchell against Florida. All right. We run the deep route. He's down about the three-yard line, and it goes right off his hands. How many people said you got to fire the wide receivers coach? The complaint is catch the ball. How many times if Will Rogers, say, overthrows a guy, do we say the quarterback coach is no good? We're focused on the play. At some point, because I was listening yesterday, I got a few messages from friends. And I don't know who coaches our infield. You, come on, man. It, that You can only hit so many ground balls. I mean, well, you can break out the pitching machine, the old John Cohen style, and shoot them out. You can hit fungos. You can do whatever you want to do. At some point at this level, your infielders have to be able to feel routine ground balls. You know, what I want to work on as coaching is improving on the backhand. I want to be, I want to improve turning double plays. The routine ground balls, I have to take that for granted. At this level, you do. And so, and here's what we know. We also know that these guys are plenty capable. We've seen them do it. It's, it's just in their heads at this point. It, that there's no other explanation for why you have 25. I can think of 25 errors. And actually, I can think about two more. So you're probably closing in on about 30 errors on the left side. You know who doesn't make errors? 
and that's our friends at Cannon Ford. They never mess anything up. Well, they say, never, not never, but but they admit it when they do it. When they make an error, they pitch out of it. They do. They pitch themselves out of the error. And so whether you're in the market for a new or used car, if you need a spray and bed liner, if you need the tires rotated, need new tires. If you need anything in the service center, you get dinged up. If you're on Highway 12 and somebody's on their phone and they rear end you and you're trying to figure out where did I get it, go get a new bumper. It doesn't have to be a Ford. They can fix anything. And that's our good friends at Cannon Ford of Starkville, just east of Starkville on Highway 182. Go in there, ask for Chris Keen. Got a great sales staff, people that have been there since the start of Cannon over there. And so Cannon Ford of Starkville, they will not make an error on your car. So is this a team, Charlie, that just kind of is what it is defensively? No. No. Okay. No, I, I don't believe that. Because I don't think this team is as bad defensively as they are playing. Now, let me ask you, let me go this step. Is this team, from a pitching standpoint, are we are what we are from a walk standpoint? In spots. So, I think what you started to see this weekend is kind of the zone of trust is starting to develop on this pitching staff. I think Colby Holcomb has put himself in that zone of trust, and I think he did that against South Carolina. I think – now, that doesn't mean he's not going to walk, guys. But, I mean, he's giving you some – I don't want to say stellar, but he's giving you he's, – he's eating up some innings. Is that fair? It is. And here's where, I, here's where I'm positive about Colby Holcomb this morning. As I look back to his first outing of the year, when he came in against VMI, thought he had a call third strike, didn't get it. He thought he had that Northeast Community College strike zone and realized real quick it's a little bit tighter zone. And he did not respond well after that. Even after some walks the other day, even after having some adversity, he pitched his way out of it. He came back, and he, I th- you know, I think these guys, you, you have to be comfortable. You have to get comfortable. And I think he's a little bit more comfortable out there in his own skin throwing. So let me blow your mind a minute because you, we start to talk about are we what we are walking guys. I mean, in spots, there are some guys – Look, the numbers at this point tell a story, right? And when they're not trending in the right direction, and you see guys getting hit hard, walking people consistently, they are who they are. But I think you've seen some guys improve. Would you be surprised to know that we have not walked the most hitters in SEC play this year? Oh, wow. I would be surprised to not know that. I would be surprised to know that. Auburn has walked 84 in league play, we walked 81. Really? Auburn has opponents hitting 326. Our opponents are hitting 311. Now, somehow their ERA is two and a half points better than ours, which I think has to do – one of the things that gets missed when you start talking about walks is hit batters. Now, we've hit four more guys than they have, and we've given up a lot of moonshots. Okay. Given up, we've given up some home runs. Yeah, we we've given up thirteen more home runs than they have. They're they got more guys hitting it, but they tend to be hitting singles. Um, so yeah, no, I don't I don't think if Cade Smith comes back healthy, I think what you saw this weekend is the blueprint for us. Right, you got to get some innings out of Cade Smith. You have to get some innings out of Holcomb. You have to get innings out of Dome. You got to have a good two times through the order from Gartman and then call it quits. And what I mean is, 
if, if we go back and look at Gartman's ERA, his numbers are significantly better if he's pulled after two times through the order. And so it goes back to the point of if you're throwing Gartman in that final game. Don't you want to back in him with Dome? You've got to have somebody that you haven't you haven't used a whole lot. I mean, that's why Cade Smith throwing three innings is big, is you don't have to burn so many guys in, in game one. Have, getting him coming back is big. Casey Hunt throwing three innings in the first game was big. So what's, to, what's interesting to me is Casey Hunt is a different guy coming out of the bullpen than he is a starting pitcher. Some guys are just better in that role. I think Nate Dome's the same way. I think Nate Dome. His numbers are much, much better out of the bullpen. And so you don't have to worry about those guys going, you know, three three times through the order. You can get away with one and a half pitches on the back end, where on the front end, you really have a tough time doing that. Well, I think he sits good coming after Dome. The other guy, excuse me, I think Dome sits really well coming after Gartman, meaning it's such a different style. Completely different style. All right, so we saw Bradley Lofton this weekend, and way too early to say, well, that didn't work. No, I mean, look, he he had a rough day. But let's let's talk about that middle game for one second, not to dwell on the negative. Gerangelo is going to have to throw better. Um, then you back him with Lofton. That's his first time out in league play. I'm, I'm not getting overly concerned there. He went two and third. Then Tapper and Forsyth. Of that group, it seems to me there's still some upside for Lowe and there's still some upside for Bradley Lofton. It felt like what you were doing was putting Lofton out there in a spot where there wasn't a ton of pressure, and it was just a, let's get his feet wet and live with whatever happens. Yeah, and it's amazing, too, when when you come into a game and the guy before you has walked a lot of guys, You know, you, the umpire's eyes trained a little bit, and it just feels like, you have a difficult time. How many times have we seen that, Charlie? It's not just one guy. It's multiple guys in one game having trouble throwing throwing strikes. Here's the thing that's kind of concerning to me about what happened on Saturday. Alabama is not a team that walks a lot. I mean, they're, they got a bunch of Adam Frazier's out there. Well, not really as far as, like, hitters-wise, but Adam didn't like to walk a whole lot. Mangum didn't like to walk a whole lot. Now, what was the knock on Jake Mangum? If you're going to play in the big leagues, you got to learn how to take some – Take pitches. My favorite line by Dominican players, by the way, you don't walk your way off the island. <laughs> you got to hit your way off the island. And that's, you know, Alabama is a free-swinging bunch, and for you to walk them nine times in the first four and a third innings, that tells you you're having big misses. And so, to me, that's the big thing. We were having big misses, especially with fastball, and we've had those big misses here this season with fastball. Now, it seems like more and more guys are missing small now, not missing as big, and you just got a few guys that are missing big right now. So, Hey, and lest we pile on too much on the pitching on that middle game, we only had three hits. Well, there it goes. And so what happens there? You fall behind early. You're down five to nothing after the second inning. And then Alabama with Holman, I mean, he can just pump strikes. Doesn't it change your approach when you find yourself down five to nothing? It does. It completely changes everything. It p- changes the way the guy pitches on the mound. I thought he was pretty good. Holman was pretty good. He gave up one run on three hits. That was that was all we got. We struck out seven times. So it's not like we were up there just swinging at everything and you have a bunch of strikeouts. Had six fly outs, six ground outs. He just put it in play. 
He just poured strikes through and said, hit it. Which is what you do with a big lead. Exactly what you do with a big lead. All right, so where do we go from here? We've got Ole Miss coming in. They're not very good. They dropped two out of three this weekend, two and eight in league play. No, excuse me. They're three and nine in league play. No, they're two and ten in league play. Two and ten in league play. So the last two national champions will be facing off with a combined league record of five and 19. That is simply amazing. (laughs) But I think it goes back to people forget how bad we were in 15 and then win the league in 16. I think the gap between success and failure in this league is very, very small. And I think what we are seeing now for us, the cause of that gap is pitching and defense. And as you draw the circle a little bit tighter, the question is, are you on to something? Are you on to something that gives you a path now to take two out of three? We don't have a dominant frontline starter, just period. There's no – And we knew that from day one. There's no McLeod. No. All right, so on Friday – excuse me, Thursday, when we had our tracks plus deep dig, we talked about our two uh, two brothers, two players that could smoke you. Who'd you have? You had Tommy Seidel, right? I did. And he hit down in that nine spot in the order. So he went one for three in the first game. He went one for two in the second game, a walk twice. And then in the third game of the series, Tommy Seidel went two for three. Moved him up in the order. And he had been batting in that nine spot in the order. They moved him up yesterday. They bat him six. So the guy that I had was Shelton, the freshman. He'd hit a bunch of home runs. Yesterday, he was 0 for 3 with a couple strikeouts. In the second game of the series. Did not play. Did not play. After going 0 for 4 in the first game. So, I think what I what happened was. He is killed I, them. Is our guys, our guys listened to our scouting report and said, you know what, we got to bear down on this cat. Well, they, they bared down. Yeah, right? and he had a terrible weekend this past weekend. And that was our two pl- two players that could smoke you by two brothers. On our Tracks Plus Deep Dig, Tracks Plus now with five locations, heavy machinery. Go to tracksplus.com. If you're in the forestry world, need to clean up some woods, need some barco equipment, if you need an excavator, Saney excavators, mini excavators. If you need a tractor, some implements as well, need to do a little farming, they can help you out as well. Massey Ferguson Tractors at Tracks Plus. Hickory, Starville, Columbus, Summit, Mississippi, Alexandria, Louisiana, and now in Bessemer, Alabama, new or used heavy equipment, and that's our friends at Tracks Plus. And also on our midweek show, we talked about Heartland Catfish. And Heartland, producing the finest U.S. farm-raised catfish you can possibly want, is right here in the state of Mississippi over at Itabina. Heartland catfish all the way from the ponds to your plate. And they serve it at great restaurants around the south. And one of those great restaurants is the Catfish Hole in Fayetteville, Arkansas. We talked about the Catfish Hole the other day. If you're going to Arkansas, every time I go to Arkansas, when the dogs are playing up there, whether it be football, baseball, basketball, whatever, I always hit up the Catfish Hole. And just know, when you're eating that great catfish from the catfish hole, it comes from our friends at Heartland Catfish. All right, Charlie. Hey, man. Easter Sunday. Everything's a little quiet around town right now. A lot of the restaurants are closed today. It's about that time to go home. 
Hey, later today, church. later today, Jim Nance will walk Watch the Masters. Jim Nance will walk the course while drinking his wine. So you know that, don't you? Jim Nance has his own wine. The calling. The calling. And if you want some really uh, overly dramatic stuff, go look up the calling and read about how he likes to walk the course with a glass of the calling and take in the history. Does he walk it barefoot? Probably. Just so he can feel the, the ryegrass between his toes? Jim Nance. Called his final final four. Sure did. Uh, boring in the, the yeah, championship game. It was. The, you know, it's a very low ranking TV rating, that is, for that championship game. And one of the theories that you hear is that people love a Cinderella story in the early rounds, but that they don't love a Cinderella story in the finals. That once you get to the finals, you want Kentucky and Duke. You want North Carolina and UCLA, Kansas and whomever. That you don't want to see San Diego State. You like to make the Elite Eight. But then you, you, once you get the Final Four, you want, you want your guys. Yeah, and you have to you wonder if UConn is one of those guys. They're really not nationally. Well, I mean, they won five. I know, but they're still not a national brand. Oh, God. <laughs> You know what? I'll accept not being a national brand. You give me five titles. That's amazing. They won five. I'll see. They need a better marketing department. That's their problem. Their Absolutely. external affairs aren't very good. I know some people. So the only thing I'm going to say about the women's championship game that might be useful in some other context, I went immediately to Twitter, and I started muting a lot of words after that championship game, such that I get very few comments now about any of the mess that is LSU, Iowa, or whomever. White House invites has been scratched from my Twitter list. (laughs) Bayou Barbie has been scratched from my Twitter list. I don't have to take in any of that, and I'm a happier person. I'm telling you, man, when I cleaned up Twitter a couple years ago, it made my life better. I should have put Kramer Robertson on that list. How great. I just, I'm just very disappointed they didn't have him in the stands. I'm surprised they didn't have Kramer in the stands. Yeah, I guess he was off playing baseball, such as it is. Yeah. Hey, enjoyed it. Happy Easter again. Hey, Hunter Renfro hit a shot last sure night, did, by the way. He? Oh, wow. Had a double and a home run. He needed kind of a breakout game. He did. Well, off to church early in this Sunday. Later today, nobody texts me. I'm going to be a slug later this afternoon. Bulldogs went two out of three this past weekend. Hey, you know, have you ever seen her? You know, this is, I have this as an alarm on my phone, by the way. The Masters. Have you ever, like, listened to the actual song with uh, the words? No, there's words? Yes, there's words. Oh, I don't want to know. Yeah, it's, it's not Kenny Loggins. What's his brother? This is a guy that sings, Please Come Back to Boston. Kenny Loggins has a brother? You're thinking of Messina? No. Anyway. Dave Loggins. Dave Loggins, man. Yeah. Who could forget the musical icon, Dave Loggins? Yes. Well, Dave Loggins wrote that song. So, anyway, we're all smarter now that we know Do you know they don't call it the gallery at the Masters? That's the the one thing that bugs me a little bit is that it's just a little little pretentious. I used to love the Masters. Used to. Yeah. I'm I'm just kind of. I mean, when you can't say the gallery, now it's the patrons. 
Well, that's okay. That place is amazing. It is absolutely amazing. It is the only championship that is played on the same course every year. Yeah, but it's not real. You know, that's the thing. And I'm about to get on a soapbox. This is my former agronomy self jumping in here. There are so many golf course superintendents around the country that take a beating this week because their course doesn't look like Augusta National. I mean, they put the ryegrass seed in hyperbaric chambers to increase the seed rates for that entire course. It's not real. It closes down for three months out of the year. They put tents over the greens during the summer. It's not real. So what you're telling me is when they play the big event at the Louisville Country Club, don't hold it against them that it doesn't look like that? Well, exactly. That's what I'm saying. The azaleas are not blooming at the at the big event <laughs> at Louisville. Hey, enjoyed it, Charlie. Can you imagine somebody like playing the Masters with a golf cart? With, had like music blaring out of it. Don't they do that at the big event still? <laughs> Some people aren't wearing shoes. <laughs> but that's a great event, the big event. All right. Hey, appreciate you guys hanging out with us. It's a victorious Sunday morning. And uh, once again, thanks. Hey, you to- know my last, I got one last Masters observation. You know, I went to the Masters. And that was a couple of things real quick. Number one. I went to the practice round in in 11, which is like five days before I had a heart attack. And I was walking around this course. I was hiding from my friends because I was embarrassed that I couldn't breathe. I thought I was so out of shape that the hills. It's so hilly, man. I was thinking, man, I'm so out of shape. Well, uh, you know, I was just about to die was my only problem. So I was hiding because I couldn't breathe. But the hills really got to me. The other thing that jumped out to me was, it was the first time I'd been to a course and seen tractors with no treads on the tires. Yeah. The tires just look like big balloons. Yeah. Which tractors. makes perfect sense. But I don't see that at my local Muni. You don't? I have been three times. I have been to a Monday practice round. I've been to the Wednesday par three, which is a great event. And I've been to a Sunday final round. Have I've, you really? Yeah. At Jordan Spieth. Won it going away. True or false, you can watch golf better on TV than in person. Yes. I will um, – the Sunday was not as fun to me as the the practice – or the uh, par three contest on Wednesday. It just seemed like it was a lot more uptight. That was the day that I ran into uh, Wayne Gretzky. Have I ever told you that story? That's a long story, not for today. But I was standing by Wayne Gretzky. Was who, Paulina with him? Yes, she was because – Dustin Johnson, I was in a group with Dustin Johnson. And that was also when Tiger was dating Lindsey Vaughn. I saw Lindsey Vaughn that day. From me to you. Hey, Lindsey, how you doing? What's up, Bart? She didn't really say that. But I did say, hey, what's up, Lindsey? More like, get out of the way. Yeah, move out of the way. Do you need my ticket to park my car? <laughs> anyway. Hey, enjoyed it. Good, uh, thanks to our good friends at Farm Bureau. Go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Strange Brew Coffee House. Strange Brew bringing you Sunday coffee. Tracks Plus. Country Pleasing Sausage, our good friends at Cannon Ford of Startwell, and Bank First. Go to bankfirstfs.com and also Heartland Catfish. Heartland producing the finest U.S. farm-raised catfish, and you can get it at the Catfish Hole in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Charlie Winfield, I'm Bart Gregory. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on Sunday Call.